0: there, musicologists. As you can hear, we're about to have a wonderful tribute to the really talented, iconic singer Donna Summer. And I'm going to have a special guest today, a fellow musicologist by the name of Kevin Williams, who's a close friend of mine, and is probably one of the few people that I can absolutely say knows probably about as much uh, about music as I do. Uh, charts, dates, songwriters, producers, artists, you know, he covers the full gamut and he actually happens to be, as far as I'm concerned, the number one Donna Summer fan. So Kevin's going to join us today and educate us. We're going to do what the musicologists do. We're going to do some studying and get some facts. So let's get started with this tribute. Hey, musicology family. Um... Edub here with my overeager friend Kevin Billy D Williams, out of Baltimore, Maryland. Tell the people hello, Kevin Billy D.
1: Kevin is good. Um, I'm good. <laughs> How? Hello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is us. You usually for listeners, of course. Kevin and I have this thing where we insert a middle name that's not appropriate. So I figured I would surprise him with one because he probably wasn't expecting it. And I'm, and I'm, I'm actually really surprised that I didn't get uh, Erica Kane Wilson. That's usually, you know, I get something like that, you know. For some reason, I have to be feminized. I hadn't quite figured that out yet. Anyway, Kevin Williams... Um, one of the few musicologists that I know that's as knowledgeable as I am and actually knows what he's talking about. So.
1: Oh, well, thank you.
0: Well, of course. That is why you are here at Musicology 101, to educate the masses. All right. He's smiling at me via Skype like, like, um, what is all that bullshit you're talking? Anyway. ache <laughs> people, it's being held together by string and bubble gum. Doing the best I can. So you know what tomorrow is, right, Kevin Williams?
1: It's your birthday. It
0: is. Yeah. So you're going to sing and
1: Rachel, and Rachel Maddow.
0: Tomorrow is Rachel Maddow's birthday? I think so. Wow. You know, I did a, um, on uh, Instagram, I did a airy season playlist. And oh, really? Yeah, and you know who I included in it?
1: Stephanie Mills. No. Reba McIntyre. Yes. Okay.
0: I included Fancy. Oh, okay. All that enthusiasm you have right now is really, you know, I'm about to jump out my chair.
1: So speak, you know, um, um, <laughs> Donna Summer actually uh, recorded uh, wrote a roller song that Reba, that Reba uh, covered at one point. This song called uh, Starting Over Again.
0: And Donna Summer to you would be what? What
1: do you mean? Well, Donna Summer is my lifelong favorite singer.
0: So she's your absolute favorite at the very
1: top. Yes, uh, so much so that uh, people who knew me growing up, uh, when they hear her songs on the radio, they think of me. Wow! Uh, and and what, what song always, makes? What, what in song? Fact, I, never, I never knew anyone who was as big a Donna Summer fan as I was until you know the internet. You know, much you know,
0: as when I was an adult. Like those, um, like those, um, fanilos, the Barry Manilow fans, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah. So it was, it wasn't until you know the internet that I that I realized that there was a, a community of Donna Summer fans. It wasn't, it, it wasn't just me alone.
0: Can I ask yeah. you um, a personal question? What's that? When um, what song when you hear it makes you think of me? Any song. No, what song when you hear it you think ah oh, Eric Wilson?
1: I don't know. I, I have I'll have to think about that.
0: Hmm. Okay. If you well, if you come up with something while we're um, talking about the Queen Supreme of Disco Donna Summer, you know I I've always hated that term because disco was just I mean she had a huge disco career and a small window of time, but she's so much more than that, which you can expound on better than me. I'm a fan of hers, but you know her, you know, probably how long her toenails were. So, you know.
1: Yes, I've been a fan. Actually though, um, I was not, um, there are some, there's, there's a part of her career, her early part of her career, which a lot of people think was the better part of her career, somewhere between like 75 and 78 those those years yeah um um, and i was not a huge fan of hers then um because i was well i was um i was born in 1970 so i was you know a kid during this time but so like songs like love to love you baby and i feel love from my her, her her big early hits from my um from my own memory, I don't really think of those as Donna Summer songs because I don't, you know, I remember those songs, but I don't, I don't remember it being like, ooh, Donna Summer. It wasn't until like Last Dance that I became a big number. Oh fan.
0: man, that song. Talk about ubiquitous, you know, I mean, it, it it always struck me as odd that that song didn't go to number one, because like that yeah. song is the shit. It's I've made a, a comment on a prior uh, segment. Sorry to cut you off about how I still listen to The Lover in Me by Sheena Easton. Mm-hmm. And, the, and um, I said, I'm I'm kind of a geeky fan of it. And I'm almost ashamed to to talk about it. Or rather to to bring it up, because it seems kind of corny, but as far as a structured song, you know, a bridge, an intro, a great chorus, uh, you know, a a whole penultimate sort of moment, you know, it's the song structure and, and, and all those things coming together aren't easy.
1: Well, Babyface and L- L.A. Babyface had a formula. Yeah, oh yeah, so, yeah. And so so a lot, of, a, a lot of their stuff, like The Lover Remy, it actually sounds like a lot of their songs. It's, yeah. You know, very, very, very identifiably L- yeah. L.A.
0: Babyface. Yeah, um, a so, friend a friend of mine always mentioned how they had a lockdown on intros. That they, so, you know, they had a certain kind of, there was always a certain kind of intro that pulled you in, and then, you know, the song would expand, but they had a, he, he essentially said they had a knack for the intros. And when I thought about it, you know, like Karen White, the way, um, what was the first song by her? I know where it's I love slightly the off you, to, The Way You Loved Me. Yeah. You know, those those songs have, uh, you know, really strong intros. Anyway, maybe the same could be said for Giorgio Moroder. Was oh. there a certain structure? You say that you started with Last Dance, Last Dance. Well,
1: that. That was the first song that you know from my own memory that mm-hmm. I that I that I knew as Donna Summer. Yeah, um, and 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 you know it was a it was a fan of and and but at that point you know um, she started you, you know she she went on a bit of a run and so she was quite ubiquitous. Yeah, in, in, in my early fandom and so and, and and in my early fandom everybody was a Donna Summer fan. She was huge in seventy eight, seventy nine, eighty. Okay, but so you was,
0: so you came but, on with Last Dance and then you were really in when bad girls came out
1: yeah but 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 everybody was
0: Well, oh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Everybody was a Donna Summer fan, but I think what
1: how I stuck out is that, you know, um, when people in the 80s, as people moved on to other singers, I still was a huge Donna Summer fan. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so I think that's, and, and so I think that's the, the difference. I And in fact, um, her, you, you might say that her 80s albums, because I was, as I got older and I could buy albums and, you know, and collect, do my own collecting, um, I probably knew her 80s stuff better than I knew her, her 70s stuff. And I never knew her 70s stuff um, as as they were, as the way they were meant to be heard in a club. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. You know, it's funny you say that, because I remember when she had her bit of a comeback when they released that live album on Epic. Um, you know, and she did the Divas concert, I think. Um, you know, so she was, it's like she was sort of coming... You know, sticking, dipping a toe in the water, and, and I remember, what was the Italian song?
1: Um, Thank
0: you. And what was the English title of it?
1: I will go with you. I will
0: go with you, that's right. I remember, like, I knew the song was out, I hadn't seen the video, I saw clips where, you know, I thought, oh, they found a place for her to put a high note, you know, but when I heard it at a a club in Philly, (laughs) that's what, you know what I'm saying, it was, I was like, Wow. This song is great. I mean, it was just—it was everything that she could possibly bring to a song to me.
1: And and she actually, uh, she actually transposed those lyrics for. Well, she actually wrote English lyrics for that song.
0: Oh, okay. So she chose to record it. She she knew it as an Italian song, but chose yeah. to record it. That's interesting. So I was she was it, she into I opera or? She, she, she recorded it. Uh, she recorded that song in several languages. So
1: it's, so let's let's start let's let's go back. Uh, so, um, all right daughter, for you know, taking she, control.
0: Well, go ahead, boo. Uh,
1: so skip. she, you know, she grew up in church. Um, from at least from her story, she said the um, the first time that she knew that she had some sort of singing gift was when she sang in church at eight. Um, she was eight eight years old and she sang this Mahalia Jackson song called "I Found the Answer." Oh wow. And and, and, and and Mahalia and so, Jackson
0: of all people. That's that's some it, heady stuff.
1: And so she said when she was singing, she closed her eyes at the end of the song when she opened her eyes, there were people in the audience that were crying. Um, so
0: she was anointed.
1: So, yeah, yeah, and and so um, she I, her whole family could were singers though. She has she has other um members of her family even yeah. now who um, I like her like her siblings and, and nieces and nephews who are singers. As well as as, and, and as well as her children and that she has a granddaughter that's a singer now. And you know, but,
0: I, I you mentioned um well I, I guess I kind of veered into the the comeback out of it all, but you know, you mentioned uh she released Bad Girls and that was that was just massive. I mean I, I recall that summer, Bad Girls was I, you know, in the car, out of people's windows. You know, kids yeah. playing outside singing yeah. it, and it's bad girls' yeah. falls for, for God's sake, and kids are singing it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, my um, my mother actually had an issue with me being such a Donna Summer fan because her songs were about like booty calls and <laughs> and, and, and and very and, and very you know very you know um, sexual and stuff like that, and now. You know compared to some of the things that's on the radio now it sounds kind of quaint. yeah, but my mother wasn't a that huge fan of the stuff of the subject matter. well, you know um, it's it's
0: it's interesting when you put it in that perspective, thinking about the first like love to love you and I feel love. They were very erotic and sensual. And Mm -hmm. then uh, you'll have to help me with what came before Bad Girls. So, like, was that sexual thing, that sexual overtone continued and Bad Girls kind of made it even sluttier? Or did she have, you know...
1: Well, Hot Stuff was the first thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I
0: keep forgetting.
1: Um, 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 I've never been a been fan bigger. of that
0: song, strangely.
1: Oh, Hot Stuff is such a great song. Such a great song. Um, such, I mean, the production of it, and, and it's one of, it's its actually my favorite Donna Summer song. Um, really? Out of the big hits. Out of, out of the big hits, yes. Uh, her, the way that she she tried this, the way that she approached singing it is almost like a, a, a rocker. Mm-hmm. She yeah, it has rock overtones. And yeah. And, um, it's yes, yeah, a disco song that has some rock elements, but um, but yeah, that's my favorite song. Um, and and uh, Blanche, I didn't
0: know that. That's that's interesting. Yeah,
1: my, my, my favorite my summer song out of the ones that are big hits.
0: Okay, um, and so was MacArthur Park, and what was prior to Last Dance that was a hit?
1: Um, well, probably I Feel Love. I
0: Feel Love. Well, no, no, yeah. I mean after those two. After I Feel Love and Love to Love You, Baby, which was, what, like 75, 76?
1: And 77. 75 okay. and 77.
0: Okay, so, and so so she went from that to Last Dance? That was, what, 78?
1: Well, after... after um, So I Feel Love was on this album called I Remember Yesterday. That's Is that the um, one was that wasn't
0: good. released or was
1: released? It was released. Okay. Yeah, it, was, it went gold. It was... Uh, that I, I remember yesterday. Crayons was, was the
0: one that wasn't right, or or no,
1: no, that came a little bit later. But, What's
0: the one that they um, released that had been held up and it finally got released?
1: Um, Honestly, now you Made me forget. Um, well, I'll, I'll remember soon. Okay. But, uh, okay. Uh, so it was. So I remember yesterday. I feel love was on that album. That album was a concept album, and it went through like different periods of time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it had like you had like maybe a '40s a song that was a '40s style, like a '50s type song, then '60s type song. Wait a minute, um, and this like is the album. album
0: that had "Love to Love You."
1: No,
0: uh, "I Feel no. Love."
1: What was on it? Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a concept album covering different different periods of time. A disco song, kind of with with that sort of with sort of feel. So there was like uh uh the title song I remember yesterday was kind of like a '40s feel. Mm-hmm. You know, like about, um, and then you know there was like a girl group song um, called "Love Un- Loves Unkind." And but they so all, feel love. but did they all have and disco? Feel,
0: but did they all have disco overtones? Make it a discourse. Well, yeah, Make I, it a discourse. I
1: mean, there were disco songs taking the feeling from a particular period of time. And so, ah, and so, and okay. So you, had, you had you had a girl group song, and maybe a song that represented like the '40s, and and so um, "I Feel Love" represented the future.
0: Okay, so. Okay, got it, got it. You know, I've I don't know her discography that way. I only know singles. So this yeah. is this is the brilliance of this is that you're educating me because I see her as this woman that had an incredible voice and the massive number of hits. And it, you know, and I, I, I really want to emphasize to the listeners the massive number of hits in a small window of time. Like, she owned, what, 1977 through 80, essentially.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, Love to Love You Baby was the first album. It was, um, and uh, it was, when it became a big hit, and then she started putting out other albums, the following albums had were concept albums. So, there was one called the Love Trilogy. Was that the third one or the second one? The second album, I think, was, a, the second album was called the Love Trilogy. Okay, and, and so then, every-
0: well, hold on, when was I Remember Yesterday?
1: I remember yesterday was seventy-seven.
0: Was that third album, fourth album?
1: I remember yesterday was her fourth album.
0: Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm asking because I want to, you know, have a a small little snippet of the growth of, of of what each of those albums was until it got to Bad Girls. That's why I'm asking.
1: Yes, yeah, so Love to Love You Baby was the first one. Uh, Love to Love You Baby was uh, was 16, um, sixteen minutes long, and it had um, and it covered it took. At least on the thirty-three, when we had vinyl back then, um, "Love to Love You Baby" took up the whole side of one of, of one album.
0: What was on the other side?
1: Uh, there were there were some other songs of like uh, "Whispering Waves" and "Pandora's Box."
0: I mean, like how many how many tracks were on the album? Do you remember? Is it like seven tracks? Eight tracks? Five. Okay, 75. so it's almost um, an EP.
1: Well, no, it was a, it was a full like thirty-three. It just had. It just had a very long um, um,
0: one. One track was one, one whole side. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, so the then so our, after, uh, that, after that there was a, a love trilogy, and and that was a concept album. And so, like a, a single from that was um, "Try Me." I know we can make it if we. I try. remember that. It's a, And so, and so each song had each song had you know identifying, um, very identifying different parts. And so, um, um, also on that was uh, um, uh, could it be magic that uh, that Barry Manilow cover.
0: Oh, so she did it first.
1: No, she covered it. She, there was a very Manilow song. Oh,
0: okay, yeah, I, I thought he did it first. Um, yeah, I I remember like remember that on HBO they used to have that performance. They showed it all the time for years. The concert, the the she works hard for the money tour, I guess, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was a brilliant show. Like that was when you talk about when you really started identifying with her seeing that and seeing her live um that's when i really got attached to her. but you know it's interesting because i always felt like when i looked in her eyes that she wasn't particularly happy i remember that you know from watch from because you know it was on all the time um oh you
1: mean the, the the on hbo
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah she's she um it's um
0: it's almost like she was phoning it in but she was still giving a great performance
1: yeah um, she's um, uh, uh, as a, she was as a concert performer you know um, some people love her and some yeah. people you know didn't know so after after um, um, thank I you for getting Dylan, me back she, on track she, she, yeah she had she had another concept album uh, called four Seasons of love
0: um, I remember that.
1: Right it, 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 that had MacArthur Park, right? No, that oh. was later. so, um, so on, on uh, four Seasons of Love," she had a calendar with, different, with her posing as different seasons.
0: Okay, and what were the tracks? the tracks the, the tracks
1: The biggest song from there was a the song called "Spring Affair."
0: I don't know what that is.
1: Yeah, Spring Affair, there was like Winter Melody, uh, autumn, autumn Changes, and Summer Fever. So, um, wow, you're
0: really going to have to make me go back and look at her discography, because like, yeah. I've seen yeah. those albums You know, when, when you see her discography on something, but I always go to the ones that I'm familiar with, like Cats Without Claws, or She Works Hard for the Money, or uh, Bad... You know what I'm saying? The ones that it's like, I know this album, I know what's on it sort of thing.
1: And but there 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 are people uh, who who feel that those these are the early albums prior to these these early albums were, were her best things. Uh, I would say that you know in some they were very um, um, impressionist the way they were impressionistic the way that she approached it, especially as we as um, as we talked about the next album, um, um, which was I remember yesterday, and so it had like I said songs from different periods. Mm-hmm. And I feel love represented the future um and i feel love was actually she actually wrote that song the night that she met her husband so Um, love to love
0: you was the first hit and then this is you say what the fourth album after um the
1: fourth yeah the fourth album was i remember yesterday with i feel love on Okay. So she was releasing roughly like two albums every year. Okay.
0: <laughs> and so what was after I Remember Yesterday? Or Four Seasons of uh, Love, excuse me. Or whatever yeah, it was.
1: Yeah, I Remember Yesterday. Uh, so uh, I Feel Love was on I Remember Yesterday. She wrote that song the night that she met her husband. Yeah. So this, this thing, you know, falling free, falling free. And, you know, that whole thing uh, was very... Uh, ah,
0: very you know, that's interesting because... Love to love you, baby. Put me in such a sex mode for her that uh-huh. that I always thought of. I feel love as this sensual. You know what I'm saying? Almost a continuation. Not, but but you, the love you're talking about is an eternal, heartfilled, you know, dedicated well, love.
1: And 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 and, and, the, and and that was like she was like falling in love right from the beginning, like sliding yeah. up off her feet. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but her. Her, her approach, the way that she approached the songs um was um, was very was she very sexy. i sometimes yeah. I, I go back and I um uh, listen, you know, like 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 the song um, um uh, could it be magic? Yeah. You know you know she's she's speaking and she's like, uh, you know, you know, come, and I want you to come, you know, <laughs> you know stuff <laughs> like that and so uh, it was uh, oh it
0: was, wow, was okay, fun. okay, yeah, I was, got it. it
1: it was it was quite it was it was meant to be sexy and and, and that's something I say that uh, one of the things that she um, that that said one of the things that she has in spades and, and um, 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 is is her ability to sing with the beat yeah and and, and how sexy her voice is she yeah she's, she was a master and,
0: uh, of of what vocal worked for her I guess you know she she your right. voice.
1: But she was, but up until this time, she was um, none of her songs really captured how well she could sing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, that's great. a
0: really good point. When you look at "I Feel Love" and "Love to Love You, Baby," she's she's cooing yeah. and humming and word speaking. Yeah. You know, song speaking. And you know, wow. I, I had, okay. I was
1: singing in her, and they're singing the very in a falsetto. Uh, yeah. Most of the time. And yeah. So, um, and and so the next album, her fifth album, was it, it was her first double album. Um, it was um, was Once Upon a Time, and yeah. it was um, it was like a, a story of a, like you know Cinderella meeting her Prince Charming. Yeah, life. yeah. And uh, th- th- there were no huge singles, but maybe I Love You was probably the um, the song that. that I rem- That's that a that great song.
0: On. I remember. After that album, which was what did you say again?
1: That was '77. That was "Once Upon a Time." And what was
0: after that? Was that was "Last uh, Dance"? She, after that, but yes, it was from that yes, soundtrack. Yes,
1: so, she, so she did the movie "Thank God It's Friday." After that,
0: okay, yeah, because uh, she was so uh, huge at that point, so it was kind of like a cameo, right? Yeah, well,
1: she she actually she actually had a no, she actually had a she had a part a speaking part. She okay, had a part. Okay. And, and her her character uh was somebody who wanted to break into the music business and some and for some reason chooses this um um this this particular nightclub to to i guess to break um they were um the commodores did a um did a um did a cameo in that but they also had jeff goldblum and um and deborah winger and um
0: really and, that's yeah. thank that's thank god it's friday people uh, campy seventies movie I think that was pretty much made to capitalize on the disco craze, essentially, right?
1: That that it was actually uh, that it was it was a it was a, um, it was a co-production of um, um, of Motown and Casablanca. Uh, oh wow! But, okay, but, but that's why the Commodores was showing up because they were they were a Motown back. Let me ask but you a quick bit, question.
0: Let me ask you. It a was quick... a it
1: was it was definitely a Donna summer vehicle because Casablanca okay. was building steps. Into making her a superstar. Ah, yeah, yeah,
0: so, makes sense. Okay, the, so her part. The part. So she, there was some. There was there was you know she had a part, but her significant moment, I guess, in the film was when she performed Last Dance. I guess that's when she right, sort that, of came yeah, out. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. let me ask you this: what um, what is disco to you? Like. What does it sound like? What What do you think influenced? What made disco? Disco compared to sixties girl groups or R and B or soft rock or progressive rock? Where does disco come from?
1: Well, okay, well, because it, it grew out of what came before. I mean, um, it's definitely dance music, and there was and there were always dance, there was you know yeah dance music all along. Um, I would say. Um, um in the in the late sixties, early seventies, um uh, when, when people started um getting more experimental with mm-hmm. with with song form and, and whatnot. So people like Roberta Flack and Isaac Hayes, uh when they started stretching out songs and talking mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that very that actually what what it did was it kinda moved uh, black music away from its, you know, the conventions of soul. That, yeah. You know, that you might have heard on And that gave time. it more
0: groove, you're saying?
1: Well, no, it just, it just, it just gave it, um, it gave it permission it
0: gave, to be something else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So okay. stuff like Roberta Flack and, and the stuff that Isaac Hayes was doing, you know, um, where she, where he would spend like 20 minutes talking about something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 and so, and, and also, you know, like, um, um, like Parliament Funkadelic, and James Brown and, and Slide the Family Stone, the type yeah. of funk that they were doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were they were our, they
0: were movable, groovable, danceable funk. You know, it was. Right. I see what you're saying. And so then things like Kraftwerk and Giorgio Moroder and you know a lot of these European uh, producers, musicians, whatever, uh, took that long concept maybe, but put it in a dance form. Do you think?
1: I- I think maybe it's, it probably started, um, it, it, I think that it it was a separate movement. Yeah. I think also in the, you know, in the late sixties, early seventies, there was like a bubble gum.
0: Yeah. It, oh yeah. 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 You Absolutely. Know, and, and, and
1: so that, that influenced disco a lot. Um,
0: um, Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Let me, let me give you a piece of confection that set, that makes you feel good and you can dance too. And you can sing. it's easy to sing, you know, that sort of thing. Like sugar
1: like sugar sugar yeah um, yeah you know um, oh yeah there were tons of those yeah even fact, you know uh, and in fact um Neil Bogart who um, who who was the um who um who who was the who owned Casablanca Records he actually um um was was it Boardwalk Records or it was anyway he he actually was um a a, con- a connected factor he was the owner of the record label that recorded a lot of the, the bubblegum music
0: ah okay so he already had a oh, firm okay. hand in so right. when he moved to something else it was able to push the product the sound the artist etc because yeah, you so, know
1: yeah it's, so you have funk music and then you have like philly like, the, the sound of philadelphia yeah um,
0: yeah
1: uh yeah and so and all of that all of that had like a very a very american type of disco where yeah Whereas in Europe there was a Eurodisco which had a very one two three four yeah. type of beat yeah and 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 in some and and in some ways Donna Summer you know was the queen of Eurodisco yeah because that's <laughs> because that's, that's, that's what, that's what she
0: started essentially yeah she didn't um, start and, she didn't get and, her start in the states she was in Germany performing met her husband hooked up with the producer Giorgio Moroder I guess and who was who was his partner
1: Pete lot. okay.
0: Okay, yeah. so now we've we've done that. Let's move forward. Um, 79, was it, that Bad Girls came out?
1: Well, no, well, 78. Um, Last Dance was out earlier in that year, and then she released the live album, Live and More. That went was to number one, album, I recall. Her first number one album. It was also a double album, which um, and, uh, and MacArthur Park became her first number one
0: single. Oh, so MacArthur Park was like a new track thrown into the live and more greatest hits so the, there was a it was, live it was the more there was, was a the more yeah. so the, so there was a live that was live tracks and the more was how many tracks do you
1: remember um uh, the, the more was well it, in some ways it was one long suite because it it was macarthur park which kept reprising mm-hmm. but then but in between there there was there were other songs like heaven knows was one of the songs that was in that was part of the macarthur park suite
0: Oh, is that okay, yeah. okay, yeah, that was that was a great song, too. Heaven
1: okay. knows, it is, a, it, is a, it is a wonderful song, yeah, it was a, yeah. It was a duet with Brooklyn Dreams, which was, the yeah, that her husband was in.
0: So, that you know, they that live and more goes to number one, which is so mm-hmm. odd for a live album, but I guess when you got MacArthur Park and Heaven knows on it, you know, if people want it and And at that point, she was getting bigger and bigger of course, they were gonna buy it. I think it was the first live album to go to number one also I believe I don't know or was um, it Peter Frampton maybe, first
1: maybe Peter Frampton yeah but okay it, and but it did um it, and and at that point she was shipping platinum and so yeah. Yeah, so, and so and so and so then then you go into started. the fall i
0: guess or late summer or whatever for um Just, yeah
1: come come the summer then Bad girls was released, yeah. Okay. And, and 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 that was just. Massive, oh, that's right.
0: Because you know? hot stuff and bad girls were like number one and number two, or one and three. Whatever they were in the top five for quite a while.
1: Right. Um. Um. The um, uh. Uh. Da- Donna Summer wrote bad girls back in '77 with uh, with a couple of with with a couple of people from with her husband and a couple of people from Brooklyn Dreams, mm-hmm. but and, but she she forgot about it and then she thought about it later. Um. It came about because one of her, I guess one of her assistants went out to get lunch or something. Mm-hmm. And while she was gone, she was while she was out she was mistaken for a hooker. And then she came back and she was upset and that that's what inspired uh the, the song Bad Girls. Um, oh wow. Yeah. Really? Uh, but I one of my favorite one of my favorite um descriptions of Bad Girls is it was is a reference to um, uh, once upon a time because once upon a time was about you know Cinderella finding her Prince Charming. Yeah. Um, and, and so and she says, well now you know two years later Prince Charming, you know, Cinderella is now a hooker and Prince Charming is her pimp. <laughs> oh jeez. Okay, so
0: let's move forward. Um, so, we so, get so to stuff, she. Bad girl. Well, well, let's and let's all just, the likes. okay. All the likes
1: was also on that album.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. What about um uh on the radio that was on which on ra- one
1: on the radio was the next album
0: okay so that was the album title and that was the biggest hit from it
1: yeah that was the step yeah it, I, on the radio was the greatest hits album
0: yeah Great song. That's a really and, good um, song.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, the songwriting um, is just
0: ridiculous. Um, um, yeah, so, you know.
1: And so she was writing that. Um, but but between that, there was she did the duet with Barbara and Enough is enough. No more tears.
0: Oh man, I forgot about that too. That song and, was and huge. So-
1: And so they were. It was it was the first female duet to go to number one. Um, it was. Um, 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 Barbara Streisand was releasing an album called Web and, and Donna Summer was planning to release the Greatest Hits album. Yeah. And so, um, and so to, and so when it shipped, uh, Donna on the radio, it had like a sticker of her and Barbara Streisand featuring the song Enough Is Enough. <laughs> uh, Barbara Streisand said that you know that she didn't need Donna Summer. To sell any records, but her records kind of bombed, and at the last minute, Columbia Records had to hire people to go into the record stores and put the sticker on.
0: I mean, why why wouldn't you promote it? You know, I mean, it, it is a well, it's it is a shared hot ass song. You know, I mean, yeah, And
1: Paul and Paul, your, Paul Jabbar wrote that, who also wrote "Last Dance." Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Paul Jabbar also wrote like "It's Raining Man and you know, a little bit later.
0: Um, oh wow, but, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I honestly, it's, I that you 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 taught me a bunch of new things today. Now I want to I want to okay. move forward, um, okay. because we've gone you she, know so so we hold on hold on it's it, you know we have to we have to interplay. Jesus, this okay. man wants to have a monologue. I'm just kidding. Um, so we go through the whole disco period. Uh after after Bad Girls, what album was after Bad Girls? Um on the, on, the the on the Radio. Okay. And what album came it's after it's... Hold On? Hold on. We we're going to keep moving forward. We're not going to go deeper into there's a certain point I want to get to. So after On the Radio, what comes not after the number
1: that? the one album?
0: Okay. And what and what what was the album after On the Radio?
1: The Wanderer. I was left behind cuz I'm a Wanderer.
2: know ready now just a little
0: okay thank you now I want to make sure that we separate all that you were just saying that's what I wanted to get to so on the radio you say was another number one album
1: you're her third Double album number one.
0: Okay, and then she does the Wanderer. So tell me about the Wanderer.
1: Well, um, she changed labels. Uh, So she left Casablanca. She actually she sued them and got out of her contract. Um, Why did she want to leave? Well, because she felt that um, that Casablanca had too much control. Um, Neil Bogart they they told her how to dress, what to do, and Neil Bogart's wife was her manager, so there there was a lot. It was incestuous, yeah. And and, and 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 so she and so she so she signed with david geffen uh I think she um how does, long did it take her to get
0: out of the contract you said that she sued
1: yeah she sued to get out um and so um uh at the the terms of the contract the, the terms to get out that she owed Casablanca one more album
0: and what was that album
1: well uh, that was that came a little bit later
0: well i understand but so how was she able to 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 record so quickly after suing them i mean was it was the agreement pretty quick and, and they said okay we'll let you out of this but you owe us one more album mm-hmm. and she records so she the did, wanderer for geffen first but
1: she did she did the wanderer in uh and um, in what year is this um, um this was 1980 okay the wanderer has a um, has was more of a rock album um and and it was and in addition to Bad Girls it, it, you know Donna Summer wrote a lot of the songs on it it was very well reviewed but it wasn't a, it wasn't the the disco that people you know thought yeah. of, you know Yeah the, the wonder song. the wonder
0: itself the the track I listened to it it was a while back I think we spoke about it and I was just like what the hell is this you know I, I if if i had been you know a grown ass at that point and heard that um I may have checked out a little. <laughs> I might have been like, you it, know, it, it, it wasn't yeah. that lead track didn't... It was definitely a pivot, you know.
1: It it was a top box song. Yeah. Um, well, that's because she it, was popular. The album, the album went gold. Um, um, but yeah, it wasn't... But it was... You know, it, and the album went gold. But I mean, but if you if you look at the prior albums that went double and triple platinum, yeah, yeah, and this album just went gold. Yeah, you know, okay. So that's the beginning of
0: a drop off. And so, what happens um, after the Wanderer?
1: She she made an album that wasn't released. I remember it was called I'm a Rainbow.
0: There, you, I said something about a rainbow before, but I didn't <laughs> have the title right. Okay,
1: it wasn't it wasn't released. Um, and and at that point, um, now was that for? Uh,
0: hold on, hold on, slow, slow down. down. I have questions. Was, okay. um, was, uh, geez, now I lost my question.
1: No, that wasn't the album that she, that she,
0: that she owed Castlevica. Okay, so, so she does, I understand, I understand, um, but she does The Wanderer. She recorded I'm a Rainbow, which was was not, which was not released, but who was supposed to release it?
1: Uh, that was, also, that was also a Gaffin album.
0: Okay, so, but Geffen held it.
1: Yeah, he didn't. It, it, he didn't like it, and and, and I, I I think um, uh, Donna Summer was pregnant when she was re- recording it, and so it was her heart wasn't in it or, or whatnot. When you listen to it now, it wasn't so bad, you know. Uh, but um, and, it, and yeah, I took that test
0: see, one evening and made made it through six tracks. <laughs> it was, I was like, it was
1: it was, it was it, you know, but. At, at, I think for her it was trying to pivot away from disco. Yeah, because because on "I'm a Rainbow" there were no four four beats, there was no falsetto singing. Yeah, so it was she was trying to pivot away, but it wasn't released. And disco and was re- was
0: receiving a backlash anyway at that point. That you know to well, yeah, keep was, people kind of, give, of give people to give you all a perspective. Years,
1: yeah, a couple of years into the backlash, and um, and then so then so David Geffen had her dump Giorgio Moroder and Pete Bellot after "I'm a Rainbow." And so, and so, and he brought in Quincy Jones. Okay, so we go from
0: uh, I'm a Rainbow not being released after The Wanderer. And so from The Wanderer, you get what, Cats Without Claws?
1: No, no. So, um, so, so after The Wanderer, I'm a a Rainbow was not released. Uh, She, I mean, it was a big thing that she, that she, that she parted ways with Georgia Maroner and, um, Oh, wow. uh, so all Thank that happened love. at
0: the same time. She essentially yeah. left left yeah. Casablanca and also parted ways with the two producers that had given her all the massive hits.
1: Well, they recorded the Wanderer together, but then after um, and and they recorded i a Rainbow. Okay. Which, when i Rainbow wasn't released, that's when that's when they parted ways. Uh, okay. And that was more of David McGuffin's idea. She also at this time she became a born again Christian, and okay. uh, and 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 the Wanderer had a couple of religious songs on it, but. Uh, but that, that was also the big change. Um, so then, so, but the next album that she, they brought in, um, they brought in... Um,
0: Quincy Jones. Quincy
1: Jones mm-hmm. to produce the album, which was going to be called Donna Summer, her, you know, named after her. Uh, yeah. He only, he had, he, he was already slated to uh, to work with um, Thriller, Michael Jackson, on, on the album that would become Thriller. Mm-hmm. So he only mm-hmm. had a small, he only had a window of time to work with Donna Summer. She... Um, had her second her second child in three years during the recording of the album, so she wasn't able to write this write the way that she wanted to write. write, write Why
0: was she pushing herself to record if she wasn't ready? I mean, uh, or was Geffen putting, you know, wanting the same kind of output that Casablanca had had, you know, they were getting, like you said, probably, well, in some cases, they were stretching it when you call it two albums a year. If you have one that's a whole MacArthur Park suite that takes up one side and, and the other record is, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Um, well, I think,
1: well, I, you know, um, remember, she, so The Wanderer came out, and you know, and towards the end of 1980. She mm-hmm. had a couple of, a few singles from that. Her album in 1980, that would have came out in 1981 was not released. And so, and so there was, it was a, you know, a period of time, but the, between the, you know, the next album oh, okay, I see what you're saying. In the summer of 1982, Donna
0: Summer, but it was... Okay, so hold on, hold on, hold on. So the Donna Summer album is the one that had Finger on the Trigger? Mm Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson was singing backup uh, chorus on that song, right?
1: On State of Independence.
0: So he he sang backup on State of Independence and Finger on the Trigger?
1: No, on Finger on the Trigger I think you can hear James Ingram.
0: Uh, I think Michael Jackson's on there too.
1: He's on, he's on, um, he is on, he's definitely on State of Independence, but so is is half of Hollywood. So Wander's on there. And Ivor Walwick and Dionne Warwick and, and, and Chrissy Jones will later say that, you know, Doing, doing state of because he did State of Independence. That was that's what made him. Um, and, and doing, doing All Star Chorus, That's what led him to do We Are the World.
0: Oh wow! Okay, so um, we have the Donna Summer album. And what album comes after that?
1: After that, and so um, she's uh, so she's at the she goes to the Grammys, right? Um, and she's and she's going to this restaurant later um and and it was this woman that was in the restroom that was kind of falling asleep and and so and so donna summer was like wow she really works hard for the money
0: that's okay okay so she ends up that, recording. She ends up recording this. She works hard for the money album, but why is it that uh, Casablanca got that album instead of Geffen? Did Geffen pass on been, it?
1: Because because that, she owed them another album. I
0: mean, I know she owed them another album. I'm just saying, why did it have to get three albums into recording post Casablanca for them to get an album?
1: You know, I don't know the details. Maybe they finally worked out. Maybe they finally worked out the the details or whatever. But. But she works hard for the money. Ended up being the her, oh it was, man, it's a biggest, massive
0: song. Yeah, yeah,
1: it, it, it's 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 her best selling album, her best, her her most profitable record, and it was done for another label. Um, and so David Geffen was pissed, probably. Well, I'm
0: sure because he would invested in her and probably invested money trying to help her get out of the contract with Casablanca. They they get a couple it, of me, they get a couple of decent projects or one decent one. They hold the one back and then well, Casablanca Donna hmm?
1: went, The Donna Summer album went gold as well so it was it was, it was uh, but you fly. listen
0: okay let's let's cut the shit you know what i mean
1: yeah, the, but, you yeah, well, you yeah, i
0: hold on hold on i understand that she was a, still able to go gold i get it she still had hits i get it but it's nothing like Bad Girls nothing right.
1: and, 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 and that was the problem He signed when she signed with Geffen she had she signed she got ten million dollars signing. It, it was yeah. the biggest recording contract at that point. Well, that's that's the and, point.
0: That's the point that I want to make. That you know, yeah. she was such a massive act that, of course, when when she decided she wanted to negotiate something, she had a lawyer that probably said, "Yeah, we can get you out of this." Geffen orders, offers her a ton of money. She signs. At some point, like you, you know. But it's interesting, it, and you know, the same thing kind of pretty much happened with Whitney Houston although my love is your love wasn't you know this massive thing but you know um, she signed like this 20 million 30 million contract with Arista I think it was like maybe in 2000 2001 when she re-upped it and was, that was that,
1: that was a terrible idea I, of, course, I think was, of course of course of course There was no way that she she wasn't she wasn't. The, she had. She wasn't. the, Whitney Houston wasn't the art that she had been. About, yeah, you know, prior to. But that, the same wasn't.
0: thing. The same thing happened with Mariah and Janet going to Virgin. You know, they they, they had these massive tens of millions of dollars contracts. But and, the, and then the next project that's released, it's okay. You know, it'll go to number one or whatever. But it's it doesn't have that same momentum and and hugeness. It, it seems Can like that it? happens to, yeah. to to a lot of the artists. Even same with Madonna when she signed uh, and got her uh, label, her Maverick label with Warner Brothers. You know, uh, the the next the album that came was um, after it was Bedtime Stories. I guess was the first Maverick release. You know, um, and, and Erotica hadn't done hadn't been you know huge. There was there was a backlash that had happened in there. I know we're a little yeah. off subject, but I, I want to. I just want to at least craft what was going on with her career as we go through the albums and her changing labels and get and being offered all that money, that, that the su- success that she had up until 1979, there was a drop-off, a definite drop-off, although she had that spark with She Works Hard for the Money you know. And,
1: and, and she wrote, again, uh, she works hard for the money, I guess, not being pregnant. She wrote most of the songs on there. Yeah. Um, so, like you um, said, maybe I, more of her she, heart
0: was into it, because she was really involved
1: in it. That, that, um, um yeah, um, uh, she actually, her her music changed a little bit. She wanted her her music um, kind of, <coughs> and in some ways, it was almost like, she was almost doing, like, Christian pop. Almost yeah. what Amy crack would become famous yeah. for. Yeah, I in got you. In some ways, like, like the like the follow-up to um, to uh, to Heart for the money was the, the duet with Musical Youth, Unconditional Love. I it love that
0: song.
1: It was a religious song.
0: I love that. That's right, because they speak about agape. That's right. Yes. yes um, um, okay, so let's let's move on because we we we're fifty minutes into Donna and we're going to wrap this up. So yes, uh, she uh, hold on, hold on. Damn, let me drive the car. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> she has. She works hard for the money. She's become. Look at that eye roll. If I could slap you right now. Anyway, uh, listeners, my friend is is perturbed at me saying hold on and letting me drive the car, but I I want to you know encapsulate this because uh, we've we've covered a lot of territory with her already, and I and I and I have a lot of reverence for her because I remember the feeling that I felt when I saw on my phone that she had died. You know, it's a it's like bam because she's done a fucking summer you know yeah. so we go from her having she works hard for the money mm-hmm. and then was cats without claws next
1: yes and that was that guessing
0: okay so and, what and was it was so, a- so we're gonna we're gonna minimize this what were, were one or two hits from cats without claws uh
1: they weren't ready because i think there goes my baby was in okay the top 40.
0: Okay, so uh, what happened, but, so, so, um, what came after Cats Without Claws? Uh,
1: it was a couple of years, and then she had, um, oh, what was the um, All Systems Go. Okay, uh, which, that was which, 1988. Which, 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 yeah, which is my least, 1986, 1987, my least favorite Donna Summer album. She, she didn't, she didn't really know quite what to It was 88
0: ago. or 89.
1: It was, because it see, was, because dinner it with Gershwin done. was
0: the first single. Um, really? Yeah, uh,
1: but it, it, yeah, it was it, that was my least favorite, um, my least favorite uh, um, Donna Summer album. Um, and so, but, and well, you so know, fascination.
0: Here, hold on, slow it um, down. It's a dialogue. It's a discourse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, I wanted to say that um, it's interesting that, that that album. I remember I purchased it. Uh, I loved dinner with Gershwin, which is Brenda Russell, um, piano yeah. in the dark. Always a, a consummate songwriter. Um, it's interesting; she's one. Of, she seems to me one of those songwriters that really wants to sing, but. Really, necessarily, you know, she can't deliver it like some of the people that she writes for. But I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to mention "Fascination," which is my favorite song on that album, mm-hmm. and there's all and, like, you know, and the that, duet with Mickey, Mickey Thomas, uh, was his
1: name. Uh, that was only the full survivor yeah, duet. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. um, So okay, we're gonna we're gonna move on because I, I I need to to wrap this up. We're fifty at three minutes. Um, I will say. I will hold say, on.
1: Can I do. just? Can can I say this, please? Uh, I will say that one of the problems with that album is that, like I said before, that she was writing kind of like, she was almost like a Christian pop singer. But but it did give her a point of view, and I thought you know some very good songs. But at around All Systems Go is the time that she kind of stopped doing the Christian pop thing. Yeah, and, it, and 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 to some extent, it's she stopped having a point of view.
0: Okay, so um, we're gonna move. I guess the next the next album would be the one that had um, When Love Cries. That was
1: no no no, and, and so All Systems Go. All Systems Go um, was her, um, after All Systems Go, she got an album um, that she did with Stock Aitken and Waterman, Another Place in Time. Oh,
0: yeah, <laughs> that was, that was, uh, what, uh, 91? 91? No, that was 88, 89, 80, 88 89. 89, Okay, um, all right, that's so right, did... this time, hold, slow down. This time I know it's for real, right?
1: Yeah.
2: And. Um, About to change
0: my heart. Yeah, Loves About to uh that's the the Cliveless and Cole remix to Loves About to Change My Heart is like it's the best thing. As much as as much as I really like this time I know it's for real. Um Loves About to Change My Heart is like a Donna Summer song. You know what i'm saying it has that that whole build up and feel and you know
1: her fans her fans um her fans you know love that album and it was and it was a um it was a it was a big hit Uh, yeah the gossip about that though is um so um she when when she was recording that album she she presented it to david geffen and he hated it Mm -hmm. and so and so he and so You know, after having like uh, two flops and and all of that, he released her from her contract. Yeah, and so she took the and so she took the album to Atlantic and had another big hit. That's so crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So David Geffen invested all this money in her. He he gets the Wanderer. Was that the first one that? um, Yeah. Okay, and then he didn't release I'm a Rainbow, and then he gets the Donna Summer album. And Casablanca gets, she works hard for the money, which was yeah. huge. So then she uh, does All Systems Go, mm-hmm. which was not a big no, step. Uh,
1: well, Cats Without Claws and All Systems Go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They flopped. They yeah,
0: okay. And so then she does Another Place in Time with Stock Aiken mm-hmm. Waterman, which mm-hmm. I did a I did a um, Stock Aiken Waterman super producers thing on Instagram yesterday. And... Um, this time I know it's for real was the first track that I was the first, uh, you know, uh, snippet that I used because mm-hmm. people love her. It's interesting that I will go with you. I threw that up just, you know, because I hadn't posted something. I'd only posted maybe one thing that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just like exploded without me promoting it. You know, it, and I was I was like, Wow. People really love this song, you know. Her the the things that I that are identifiable. Donna Summer is Donna Summer. Period. There's nobody else like her. She has a distinct voice, and when she can find the music to use that voice, everything is golden. You but, know, she I, needs the I right have, material.
1: I listened to that album. I listened to that album periodically. It holds up very well. Another Place in Time. How does she end up, up working
0: well. with them? That's that's we'll we'll say, we'll we'll say that for another time because I think what I'm going to do with this. Is have the uh, up to 1979 as one as part one, and this last twenty something minutes as a part two of her career from Casablanca to Geffen.
1: So, one, so she does. Last, but she only she had one last album um, after that. Um, uh, um, Mistaken, uh, identity. Uh, Mistaken, Mistaken identity. Mistaken identity. That's the blonde wig, blue contact, leather jacket. Outfit. Yeah,
0: that's the when love cries. Yeah. I know. I remember the person I was dating it.
1: Her blackest sounding album. In her Yeah, they
0: said it was, was the, it was supposed to be an R and B album. I don't see how that's yeah. possible if you've already worked with Quincy Jones. But you but know, it,
1: it, it was her. It was her. You know, um, you know, um, um, it was her take on what was happening at R&B in R and B and you know, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, you know, soul yeah. To soul and New Jack Swing and stuff like that. And so that okay. was... it was her take on that. So that um, was so
0: that was a, like. Her last album, album, and then there was this break. Uh, so, one break, yeah. so from 1991 to what? 1998 was the VH1 special. Yeah, and and before and in between that, there was like maybe one dance song. Which one was it? Was um, she
1: was she? She, she she kept releasing anthology after anthology
0: yeah but i want to i want to get to the to new to whatever new tracks so there was a club song um there was uh, a,
1: oh, um, um uh, melody of love
0: yeah there was something else i think right yeah, there was yeah, one there other was one
1: it, there was melody of love was uh, was a club song okay actually i like it's melody of love is a cool song. Had a good video. It was an, it was a big dance song. Yeah, so. yeah. She she <laughs> always
0: maintained the dance audience. That's that's yeah. important to establish. <laughs> even when she wasn't selling big, she could release a song, a dance song to clubs, and it would always go to number one. You know, um, uh, so she always had a, a you know a toe in the water, even if she wasn't fully immersed in her music career. But she was working mm-hmm. on art. She became an artist. She had exhibits, etc. I just want to make sure I touch on that. She wasn't just, you know, she was raising her daughters. She had, what, three, da- three daughters? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She's doing her art. She's living next door to Sophia Loren and being close friends. Uh, yeah. A little fact that yeah. I had no idea of until Donna Summer died, you know. Yeah. Um, then, okay, So, then, then so hold on hold on hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We gotta move. So we we I understand that there's something you want to assert insert, but I just wanna I want to get to 1998. She has a VH1 special. She signs with Epic Records. There's this big announcement. You know they're showing that special over and over. It was just like the one on HBO. Everybody's excited. Donna Summer's gonna do new music. And what it's happened? Not the
1: books. She did it behind the music as
0: well. Okay, and so what happens after that? After all that brouhaha, what ends up happening from 1998 onward?
1: Well, um, the, the album that album kind of flopped. Um, it was um, what album? Apparently, apparently Tommy Mottola always wanted to um, always wanted to which, record Donna Summer? I mean, always wanted to have her at his label. Um, which album? A, which
0: <sighs> what I album are you my, talking about?
1: That was called Live and More.
0: Okay, so Live and More comes out in '98. There's all the brouhaha. She signs to Epic. So, okay, where was the album? There was never an official album. That was just like you said, another anthology, which was the live performance that was on VH1. And yeah. then, um, when did I will that, come, I will go with you? Uh, when did that come out?
1: That was those were the studio tracks on um,
0: on uh, on the Live and More. Yes. So melody of love and
1: no I, melody of love was came earlier okay but, well uh, what was the other the, track um, love is the healer
0: okay thank you me
2: true so the
1: and, those books, and Love is a Healer was a huge, a huge club bit, actually. Thing.
0: Okay, so we're going to move on. And she finally releases an album. It's called Crayons, correct?
1: Yes. Uh, but, uh, but, but, but,
0: between, but before that, the I'm a Rainbow came out. There was Mm -hmm. a time when I'm a Rainbow came out. It was finally released. It had been in a vault for like 20 years or something, 18 Mm -hmm. years, whatever. Everybody, all the fans knew about it. They talked about it. And finally it's released. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then she releases Crayons, right?
1: And she also had a Christmas album in there. I
0: want to stick with the main stuff. Crayons was the last album, correct? Yeah, The very last, last.
1: 2008. Yeah. Okay,
0: 2008. That was her last album, period. And how did that do? How did Crayons perform? Um,
1: not 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 huge. Uh, it, yeah. was, it, it, it was it was it was it debuted pretty well. Um, she didn't have any um she didn't have any um um big pop big anything that did like well on the Hot 100 or the, or yeah. the black single charts. She, they did
0: better on the dance chart again. Um, okay, and so she, she had a really large, a, a really loyal, very loyal fan base, um, mm-hmm. which spans generations, because, you know, those songs are timeless, like Last Dance and Bad Girls. Like, those are things that get played at wedding receptions and stuff. Like, people know those songs, all generations. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to move to the end of her uh, life, I guess I'll say, because she released crayons. You said that was 2008. So mm-hmm. I guess she was still maybe possibly working on her art. Uh, she made a couple of appearances here and there, like that David Foster special that was on PBS, which was, she looked flawless and sounded flawless. That was what? 2011, 12, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 2010, maybe. Okay. Um, Um, was there any other new material, any other dance songs, anything else that came out, um, after, uh, Crayons? No,
1: no. Okay. Um, And she did her, she had one last recording, um, that she, um, she has a a nephew mm -hmm. uh, who's a rapper sort of, uh, uh, his his name is Omega Red. Okay. And so the last thing that she did, the last thing that she did was she did, she sang the hook on this album, on this song called I'm Your Angel. Oh okay, okay,
0: all right. And so then she
1: passes away when 2012. So, two thousand twelve, and like yeah, May May seventeenth, two thousand twelve. I remember, I remember that day because you're the one who let me know that she died.
0: Wow. Well, you know, leave it to me, the news hound. It well, was so remember, shocking.
1: Well, I mean, you you knew what a big dollar summer was. Oh yeah, yeah. Was. Of so course, you, of and, course. And, and, and so you 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 sent me this text, and, and you were like. Kevin, um, I don't know how to tell you this, and so then you just started like uh, sending me links of, of the news yeah, articles. That yeah, and, yeah, and and then at that point, then at that point, the um um the radio, the radio at work, they started you know playing one dollar summer song after another. Oh wow! And uh, and, so, and and I was just distraught, and I had to go home. And, yeah, uh, I remember I was at a temp job at the time, and the um and the and the boss there, she was like what happened? Did someone in your family die? And I was like, practically. I was <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: out. yeah, those losses like that, you know, because those people are your life. And, and, the, and it, the good thing about Donna Summer for me, much like Diana Ross, you know, strangely, they were friends. You know, they were ladies. They were women. They were mothers. You know, they weren't... It wasn't all about... Um... Like like career came first and was every every everything. I'm sure there were times that it was, but both of them removed themselves from all that superstardom, you know, to raise their families, to ha- to pursue other endeavors, and, and and you know, Donna Summer is just, she's a part of the fabric uh, of music in a really big sense, you know, not not just in a flash in the pan sense, but someone that had a true gift and 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 a, and a large presence, you know.
1: I did not realize until she died how many like how many showbiz friends that that you know like, apparently she was very good friends with Natalie Cole. Mm-hmm. Like Shaka Shaka Khan said that they were great friends because Donna Summer was one of the few black women with whom she could speak German.
0: With oh wow wow Dionne
1: Ward. she she and Dionne Warwick were friends did not know that um,
0: so wow. you know it seems like there's a real sisterhood in there. I wonder if Aretha was friendly with her too. Uh, um, uh, i mean mean, you know aretha aretha is going to uh, for the listeners kevin and i also i was going to do it on this session but i think we've had over an hour of donna and i'm worn out so i think we, we well i know we're going to do aretha franklin because when i when when i skyped connected with kevin i said you know that we were going to do both artists. And he said to me before we started recording, let's just do one. And so I didn't know which one he was going to pick. I was just kind of like, okay. And so that's why I asked, oh, so she's your top top. Because I thought Aretha was the shit. I thought she was the top top.
1: I'm, You're you, telling you, me you, that
0: Aretha is not the top top.
1: Well, I mean, I, how, you, I mean, you <laughs> had to know that Donna Summer was my favorite singer. You I know. Kind of forgot
0: it. So you weren't you weren't as cr- quite as crestfallen when Aretha
1: died as you were when Donna Summer died. Different. It was different. I, I thought of them differently. Um, I want to
0: make sure I mention to you that the Aretha Franklin uh, documentary is on Hulu now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, I can. I have
0: Hulu. I, I I can send you the info and see if you can sign on. So I have Hulu. Oh, okay, okay. So I um. I guess well, I shouldn't that say that while we're recording, huh? You know the, the night that
1: Donna Summer died, um, um, and Larry King was talking about her. Aretha Franklin did call in, and Aretha Franklin was um, um, uh, talking about Donna Summer and mm-hmm. said, you know how how she was a very nice lady, um, um, and Larry King nice gown Larry, Larry King mentioned that, oh yeah, she was the queen of disco, and Aretha Franklin, you know, is hesitant to call anybody the queen of anything. <laughs> uh,
0: don't tell me she showed out. Please tell me she didn't no, show no. out. no okay.
1: she was. Okay. she you know, so it's, it's. It. Larry King was like, well, she's definitely the queen of disco, right? And Aretha, you know, said, you know, <laughs> but Aretha did say that she had hit after hit after hit, which which she did. Uh, yeah, and that she was a very nice lady. Um, yeah. Aretha Franklin was Donna Summer's favorite singer.
0: Who? What? Listen, for the for the next for the for the time that we follow this up, because this Donna Summer is going to be two parts, and I'm sure Aretha will be two parts also. But you know, it's interesting that you say that because there's rarely, hardly, a woman who doesn't mention Aretha Franklin. Honestly, yeah. uh, pop singers, R and B singers, you know, Mary J. Blige, see Natalie Cole, uh, Uh, Donny, everybody, everybody says Aretha.
1: Even even Gladys Knight and Patti (laughs) LaBelle and John Warren who are who are contemporaries, they will say the same thing. And it's still not not
0: good enough.
1: (laughs) Al Sharpton probably said it best: "Is that Aretha Franklin is your favorite singer's favorite singer?"
0: Yeah, yeah. And on that note, we're going to we're going to end on a summer Uh and you let me know when you're ready to do Aretha and we shall record you know anytime this week because you know I'm not going anywhere okay. <laughs> right. you know thank you very much Kevin Williams the Musicology people thank you you educated me as well as our listeners so thank you very much alright good